my last mystery guest joining us here. I've been meaning to bring this guy back on. Let's see if you guys can figure it out. Uh, joining us right now, this guy writes for The Athletic. Um, let me see. How else can we figure out who this guy is? Well, you can say hello. <laughs> How's it going, Keith? Going well, going well. Um, I, I've had you on a couple times before. I think I probably just gave it away. Let's see. Um, in the preseason, what were uh, what were some of the things you wrote about covering um, one of our NFL teams here in this area? What did I write about in the preseason? Let me think here. Um, I wrote about how they were trying to build on a, a playoff appearance last year. <laughs> is, that a, is that a good enough hint? <laughs> Narrows it down to one of the two. Yeah, that's a dead. That's a dead giveaway. And uh, no knock on you, you're probably not as famous as Bob Hurley. It's Dan Duggan joining us, who covers the Giants for The Athletic. I think this is the third or fourth time I've had him on the fan. And I want to get right to it. You heard us. We're talking about Tommy DeVito and the Giants. And I just think that, like, you know, we're prisoners of the moment. I don't want to take anything away from the kid because I love the story. I I love the fact that he played at Don Bosco, local kids, lives, lives at home with his mom. It's great. But I just think that, like, we ride waves here so much. Uh, you know, this time last year, it's, oh, Daniel Jones is the future. Oh, we got we to gotta sign Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to lead us to the playoffs. Daniel Jones has really become. And then, obviously, he gets hurt this year, and here we are. So my question for you is, from what you've seen of Tommy DeVito, do you feel like he can be QB1? I, I know he's, he's shown enough to be a backup, but do you feel like he could actually be the Giants' plan next year? Because we don't know about Daniel Jones' recovery. But do you think he's a solid plan for the Giants to go into next season as, yeah, Tommy DeVito is going to be our first-string quarterback? Uh, no, I'm not there yet. Um, but I'll be, I'll be honest, I've been a little bit of a, a skeptic of the whole kind of DeVito mania. Um, but last night certainly started to win me over. Because when you go back to the first two wins, I mean, he did a good job as far as not turning the ball over, uh, made a few big throws. Um, but the defense really kind of carried them in, in those games. Um, you know, last night I felt like he uh, just played a really efficient game, you know, added something with his leg. It, to me, it really reminded me of a 2022 Giants game, and it's obviously what we saw with Daniel Jones. Now, uh, I think Daniel you know, Jones is a more talented athlete than Tommy DeVito, but just in terms of how they operated the offense and the way the coaches ran the offense, it looked very similar. You know, it's kind of like, hey, we're going to use your legs. We're going to get you out of the pocket. We're going to hit a couple throws, but we're not going to make any, you know, crazy risks. Um, you know, again, don't turn the ball over. So it's really that same formula that they used with Jones. Now, the fact that they're able to duplicate that with an undrafted rookie, you can look at that two ways. Like, well, then why do we just pay a guy $160 million if we can get similar production from an undrafted rookie? Flip side, uh, it speaks well to this coaching staff that they are just able to you know, get quarterbacks to play at a functional level, um, especially a guy like Tommy DeVito, who, you know, was coming off the practice squad, didn't even think he was going to play at all this year, and then obviously circumstances forced him into action. But I think it's a nice story right now. I think he took a big step uh, last night. There's still, you know, there's some challenges ahead. Going down to New Orleans, it's a really good defense, tough place to play. Obviously the Eagles, uh, you know, defense hasn't been great, but that's still going to be a, a pretty challenging matchup for sure. Um, so let's kind of, get through this this four-game stretch here to close it out and see where we're at. Um, I don't think there's any way they could be sitting there right now saying, like, we have our QB1, we have our Brock Purdy, or uh, or anything like that at this stage. But 
and the beauty of it, he's kind of exceeded all expectations to this point. So he might still, you know, continue to prove me wrong. And, um, you know, with a, with a strong finish here, maybe they do start to feel uh, differently about him, you know, as we get into the off season. Yeah. I, I know the progression we can all see. I know he's evolved. I know he's gotten better over the weeks. I give him that. I also have pointed to all the different things around him because I feel like so quickly people are like, he's better than Daniel Jones. Look, this kid, look at this kid. He, we don't have to pay him. He's better than Daniel Jones. And I'm saying like Daniel Jones, Started off the season going up against like playoff teams, uh, the Dolphins, the the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Seahawks, if they find their way in. And he had a ton of pressure and expectations on his back coming off of, like you wrote about, a playoff appearance and win last year, two playoff games, and then a, a $40 million contract. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to speak to the fact that like pressure is a real thing in the NFL. Expectations are a real thing in the NFL. I even drew the parallel of Zach Wilson. People are like, oh, Zach Wilson was reluctant to play. Look at him now. I'm like, yeah, because what is he playing for? They're not making the playoffs. He knows his time here is most likely done. He's just going out there and playing ball. And I feel like at this late stage of the season, I know the Giants are still potentially in the playoffs, but what are they playing for? Tommy DeVito can go out there and after the game say, yeah, I've been playing this game since I was five. I'm going to continue to do that. So I think there's just less pressure. Um, they have gotten healthier, healthier with their left tackle, their center, their running back being there who were missing with Daniel Jones, and the defense has come along. So the next question is about the playoffs. I haven't crunched the numbers. I just don't realistically think it's going to happen. I think if you lose to the Eagles twice, you're out. I think if you lose one of these games against the Saints and the Rams, who also could be vying for that wild card position, you're out. But do you think that the Giants making the playoffs is a real possibility with their schedule coming up and Tommy DeVito under center? No, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, listen, they were 2-8, and eight, um, so it's an achievement just even with the fact of having this conversation. But to make the playoffs, you know, they'll have to run off by seven, seven wins in a row. And, you know, um, this win streak started against the Commanders and the Patriots, and obviously it was a step up against the Packers. But it doesn't let up here because, again, like I said, they go to New Orleans. not a great team, but tough place to play, good defense. Then, of course, the two matchups with Philly. And then the Rams are another team that's right ahead of them in the standings that, you know, was really a hot team. I know they lost, but that game against Baltimore was uh, kind of like an instant classic, and certainly um, that's a formidable opponent. So uh, the, the thing is they're one game out of that seventh seed, which sounds nice, and so you realize they have to jump about six teams to get in there. And, you know, while the, while the Giants are playing the Eagles, you know, some, some of these other teams are be playing the Panthers and the Cardinals. So, like, they're already a game ahead of the Giants, and they're going to have a chance to kind of fatten up, and there's so many teams. It's not like they only need to jump over one team, and if that team falters, some of these teams are going to back into wins. Like, they play each other. You know, like New Orleans is going to play Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is going to play Green Bay, and all these teams that are bunched together but with one more win than the Giants are going to face off each other. So, obviously, inevitably, um, one of those teams will, will add to their win total. So, the Giants can be playing catch-up while playing against better teams. Now, it helps that they get to play New Orleans and the Rams because, obviously, you can directly make up ground like they did on the Packers last night. But, uh, I mean, listen, I, I know Philly's faltered a little bit here lately. I'm not quite ready uh, to put the Giants in and ready to upset them. So the fact that they said those two matchups, I think that's why, uh, obviously, the odds are so low with all the computers because, you know, they're going to be underdogs in these final four games. So to, to look at crunch of the numbers and think they're going to win three or four of them, all four of them, it's just really uh, something that's hard to, to fathom at this point. We're joined right now by Dan Duggan from The Athletic, who covers your New York Giants. Dan, I mean, another thing that I feel like has helped Tommy DeVito and these Giants late in the season is the emergence of some different guys. Like, Aziz Ojolari was never available. 
But, I mean, you could see him clearly last night, and he's been healthy now. Wandale Robinson, who almost a year ago tore his ACL, big game for him last night. He wasn't going off like that with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones didn't have this version of the Giants' defense that's getting stops, applying pressure, turning the ball over, or getting turnovers. Like They were not playing like this in the beginning of the year. Um, I think credit to the coaching, credit to what you know the, the mentality they have in the building that these guys did not tank. But there's definitely some players on the Giants that have stepped up because they're playing for their next deal. They're playing for the name on the back of their jersey. Can you speak to some of the players like Ojolari, like Wandale, anybody else that I'm missing out that through this last stretch of games, right? Tommy DeVito doesn't win on his own. Other guys on the team, uh, Banks, and even Xavier McKinney, Dexter Lawrence, like these guys have stepped up their play as well. Yeah, no doubt. And again, again, you go back to... I feel like kind of the line of demarcation was that Cowboys game where they dropped a two and eight. It was an absolute bloodbath. Uh, there was all the drama on the sidelines and it just felt like the wheels were ready to come off. And it could have been, you know, you got DeVito is going to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the way. Potentially you're looking at maybe a two win season. Um, and then, then, you know, who knows where things can go if, if it really falls apart like that. So obviously credit to the coaching staff, credit to the locker room for not falling apart. And obviously they've turned things around. And yeah, to your point about like individual performances, that's why the tank talk is fun for fans. And I listen, if you're a fan and you hope that they lost that game last night, that's whatever, like that's fine. But obviously nobody involved is hoping to lose. Like these guys are all prideful competitors. And and the other point you made, they're all either, you know, playing for the next contract or playing for another team. So they're not going to put bad film out there. So yeah, I think there are a lot of guys who have either continued to play at a high level, like whether it's a Dexter Lawrence, Bobby Okereke, Kayvon yep. Thibodeau, like some of those guys have been consistent all season. And then you add in some of these young guys, and that's the stuff to get you excited at this stage. Because sure, hey, you know the playoffs are out there, but just the fact that this is important development time. And you know, seeing Wondell Robinson play like that, you're like, okay, like this is the guy that they thought um, when they took him in the second round. This is what he can do, and you just haven't seen it because of the injuries. So now. Uh, if he can play like that for the next, you know, four weeks, it's like, oh, wow, all right, they got a real piece there. Jalen Hyatt, obviously, uh, kind of the breakout game before the bye. So guys like that, I mean, they're young. You've seen flashes, but now you have a chance to maybe see a, a, a stretch where you go into the offseason saying, okay, like, we, we're set at this position, you know, whatever it may be. David McKinney, um, you know, he's a guy who's going to be a free agent. Maybe he makes them think twice about, hey, do we want to make sure we keep this guy as, as a core piece because he's played really well lately. So, um, it's an important time for these guys, whatever happens in the playoff race, just in terms of kind of establishing their future. And as far as the Giants, kind of knowing who are the core pieces that they can build around, because obviously they still have some work to do regardless of this this little run they're on right now. Yeah, last thing I'll ask you is about the coordinators. I feel like while they were losing and we're seeing uh, Wink and, and Dable go back and forth on the sideline. And then, I mean, even last night with uh, McKay, the special teams, as I said the special teams, so the Giants have been horrendous for back-to-back years I think he's good as gone I'm not sure if Kafka is, is here now like what do you think about the future with Dable and his coaching staff do you think regardless of where this season ends up they go in a different direction like two years is enough they ran it back do you do you expect to see a different defensive coordinator offensive coordinator special teams guy in here yeah well I mean I, I did a mailbag last week and I set the over under at new coordinators at two and a half <laughs> so uh, that tells you I'm expecting some turnover. I mean, will be a clean sweep of all three. That's sort of the the question I don't have the answer to. Like, I definitely would think, you know, Thomas McGahee's time has kind of run his course. He's been here for a while. He survived a couple of coaching changes. Like you said, special teams has just not been good enough. I think that's kind of an easy change. Um, Dave can go go bring in someone from the outside. 
Uh, Kafka to me is almost the hardest one to handicap because, you know, he's kind of following Dable's orders to an extent. I mean, Kafka calls the plays, but Dable's very hands-on on the offense. So are you really going to scapegoat him and say, hey, the offense has been bad because of the play caller when Dable's very involved in the offense? So that one I'm a little curious on. Maybe Kafka has uh, a better option elsewhere. Obviously, he was on the head coaching circuit last offseason. Wouldn't think that'll happen again, but I don't know. Maybe if a friend gets a job and wants to bring him in, maybe there's a, a mutual parting, which is a term you hear a lot at this time of year. And then the other guys wink, and that's that's the big one because uh, obviously that's where – the, the Jay Glazer report is still kind of, you know, the, the after effects of that are still being felt. It wasn't a surprise to hear that there's friction. The surprise was to know that, um, you know, Glazer report doesn't think the relationship will even survive. Um, you know, they've tried to kind of put that fire out, not overly convincingly. Um, I still think if you had to ask me today, I do not think Wink is back. Uh, but I do think, you know, cooler heads should prevail and they should get in a room and say, hey, we got to figure this out because this defense, while it's obviously had some really bad games this year, when it's clicking you know, in its best form, it's the reason why they've won pretty much every game. I guess you put the Cardinals game aside, but um, the reason why they've been competitive in, in even some of the other games is really all because of the defense. So I don't think it's a great idea to, to have a personality conflict lead to starting over. You know, Wink runs a very unique scheme. Uh, you have guys that are kind of fits for it and are comfortable in it. I think they need to work that out. I'm not convinced that they will. So, yeah, I think it's possible you could have three new coordinators, which is wild to consider uh, as we started this conversation, talking about a team that won a playoff game a year ago. All right, let me sneak one more question in, because I have this line of thinking that I've been putting out there. and I mean, I heard Joe Shane himself say he's done more work on this draft, which makes sense, than any of the other two drafts uh, since they've been here. Now, I just think with the influx of, of talented quarterbacks on the way, and this year, where you see teams down to their third-string quarterback, like the Giants, you need talented quarterbacks. I just don't see how they pass on a quarterback if they lose and end up in the top 10. I just saw on ESPN before I got on tonight that there's a mock draft that has them picking number four and taking Jaden Daniels, who just won the Heisman Trophy here in New York. Do you think that these guys want their own guy? They didn't draft Daniel Jones. I mean, Tommy DeVito came out of nowhere. Do you think that Shane and Dable want to draft their own quarterback of the future? And I think next year I could see a QB room that has Tommy DeVito, Daniel Jones, and the quarterback of their choosing. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I think that is going to be the question of the offseason. And, you know, you kind of talk about things have changed in a year. When they gave Daniel Jones a four-year, $160 million contract, I did not think that, you know, less than a year later would be wondering if they're going to be, uh, you know, moving on and in position to potentially take his replacement but it's certainly on the table. I mean, I think they're projected to pick eighth right now with this little win streak, but as much as there's a group of teams fighting to get in the playoffs, there's a group of teams kind of fighting for like that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh pick. So um, they certainly could kind of move up in, in the draft order if they lose some games here down the stretch. And, yeah, they could be in striking distance. Because I think, you know, the, the odds of getting Caleb Williams and Drake May are low unless they want to trade up because those bottom three teams seem to be pretty locked into those spots. Uh, but yeah, Jaden Daniels probably that kind of X factor guy that I've, I honestly I haven't done. I'm not a scout to begin with, but I haven't done enough research on to know, um, you know, if, if they would like him, where if he really is worthy of being that high of a pick. But yeah, that is going to be the single biggest intrigue this off season because uh, they obviously have the one thing they know: Daniel Jones isn't going to be ready to play potentially until training camp, and it could obviously extend into the regular season. You don't right. know how a guy is going to rehab an, an ACL, but they're going to need another quarterback for the spring because Tommy DeVito is the only guy in the contract. You need at least two or three arms just to function in practice. 
Uh, and obviously they're going to get someone who can do more than function. They're going to either have to sign a veteran who can, you know, potentially be a stopgap starter, kind of like what Tyrod Taylor has been, or you draft a guy early and say, maybe he's ready to start week one. Maybe if Jones is back, this kid can kind of do the apprentice thing for a little while and, and be waiting in the wing. So it's going to be super intriguing. I wish I had a better answer, but it's, it's like there's so many variables just to get to that point. And again, like I will spend so much time in this offseason. I'm already kind of looking ahead slash dreading how much time I'm going to spend in my life uh, contemplating the Giants quarterback future. Because again, it's, it's definitely going to loom over just about everything they do this offseason. Yeah, nobody knows. That's why we're trying to figure it out. That's why some people are putting Tommy Cutlets as QB1. <laughs> some people are saying, hey, don't forget about Daniel Jones coming back. And other folks are saying, look at the draft. Dan, thank you for the time tonight. Yeah, no, anytime, man.